Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Second and nine. And not just because of that race. Looking deep for Jefferson. Walks in at the 15. Working on the rookie Barku. And they finally take the deep shot. Cousins lost that to Jefferson in the end zone. Touchdown. Pretty time in Minneapolis. That's right. Those uh, two of Kirk's 246 completions so far this year and one of his 26 touchdown passes. It's the Wednesday episode of Purple Daily, which means a deep dive into the state of Kirk Cousins every single week. But uh, not after we, or I should say, not before we cheers to Kirk's great six-game stretch here with some Corona Hard Seltzer, Declan. Yeah, I, I think uh, Beth Mullen said taking some deep shots to uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, your boy here has taken some deep shots of Corona Hard Seltzer over these last six weeks since the bye. I mean, it, it's been nothing but celebratory seltzers for the most part, outside of one game of Dallas, which we won't talk about. But outside of that, it's been nothing but shots of Corona Hard Seltzer. Because it's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach Vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. points, man. Yes, you gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! To have a guy like him, a leader like him, that just kind of brings it, comes to work every single day. He grinds. He's kind of got a little uh, little chippiness to him that he just kind of got that chip on his shoulder. Uh, he can get a little feisty, and that's the that's the Kirk we like. And, uh, you know, since we've been able to go on this run and, and played well, um, and he's playing so well, it, is he's kind of kind of had that attitude that, that we like. So it's uh, it's fun to see him having success and uh, kind of proving a lot of doubters wrong. Yeah, that's right. Proving doubters like Judd wrong. Guys who haven't believed. Oh, yeah. Yep. Constantly. That's the magic of Kirk Cousins. Yep. Was that Adam Thielen or Kirk Cousins on the Pat McAfee show? I can't <laughs> tell. Adam was great on the Pat McAfee show. They ran. Apparently, there's a new nickname for Adam Thielen circulating around. Mm-hmm. White Claw. Yeah. Because he's a white receiver and he's got good oh, hands. I think that was Mina Kimes. Okay. And he made that, that catch, you know, that one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone where he, like, used his white claw to shuffle the ball into position while he was falling to the ground. Mm. And Adam was like, no, nah, I hate that nickname. Yeah. It's a stupid nickname. He does not seem like a seltzer kind of guy, unfortunately. Which Adam? is really too bad. Yeah. 
I think he does. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think he is he's a seltzer. I think he's in the Cronenhardt seltzer club. He's a seltzer guy. For sure. Yeah, okay. he and Kirk. It's a oh, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why maybe he's not a White Claw guy, but he's definitely a Cronenhardt seltzer guy. It's, it's a lifestyle. It is. By the way, this is Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad. <laughs> Let's talk about the important things, okay? That's Declan Goff over there. Who and seltzers? If you're new to the show, you can find us seven days a week during the season. And you can find us on YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We would appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. And uh, telling a couple friends that we exist and that we are talking Vikings, sometimes nonsensically, according to the YouTube comment sections in audio form, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And we devote every Wednesday of this show to deep dive discussions about the most important player on the Vikings roster, and that would be the quarterback, Mr. Game-Winning Drive, the Dagger Doctor, the Late Game Luminary, the Colossus of Clutch, the Fourth Quarter Pharaoh, the secondary slayer himself, and I'm even getting new nicknames submitted from people on Twitter, Kirky McClutcherton, number one Creed fan, Kirk Cousins. And that's why you are the number two Creed fan, Scott Snappy? Look at this. You're catching on. You're catching on, Judd. Number two Creed fan because I'm not the one that's like contemplating dropping $150,000 on a private acoustic concert in my backyard. But he didn't do it. He didn't go through with it. He makes millions, and he didn't do it. No, it was no. a drop in the bucket. It, it is was hilarious. like 20 bucks to you or me. Some other nicknames. I'm just going to go through here. Let's see. Skull Patrol tweets at Phil Mackey. By the way, at Jay Zolgat, at Dexas tweets if you want to follow us on okay, Twitter. Don't tweet me these, though. <laughs> Game-winning guru, fantastic finisher, the completion captain, endgame equalizer. <laughs> Although endgame equalizer sounds like, oh, he tied the game, but he's winning well, the he game. He did once. So Against the Packers. That's true. There he was did exactly that. He got the tie. The two-minute Titan. The deficit demolisher. Oh, that's good. I that's like awesome. the alliteration. Big spot, big shot. The soprano serpent. Money time magician. <laughs> Money time magician. Okay. Brandon tweets in the Minnesota Messiah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's the Monday you, Night Messiah that's if you from win a, Seth Rollins. Would be yeah, the, that's would if be you win a, a Super Bowl right there. Yeah. So I don't Minnesota know Messiah. You, uh, if you guys got, got some more nickname ideas. The deficit for demolisher? That's the deficit demolisher that's is good a pretty one. good. I'm going to add that one to the list here. That's got the, some That's got some kick to it. How do you guys feel about Kirky McClutcherton? It's too much work. <laughs> what do yeah. you mean? It's too much work. Kirky McClutcherton is too much work. It doesn't flow. I'm going to keep the it on the list. The deficit demolisher just to, just flows. To piss you off. <laughs> D squared. D, D squared. All right. D squared. That works out very well. Uh, if you have more ideas for Kirk nicknames here, and by the way, like he's listen, he's got to hold up his end of the bargain here. Okay, oh, we'll get to that. Tom Brady on the horizon. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So a question that popped into my head for this week's state of Kirk discussions, and we'll get into some other stuff here too, and in, in our pigskin packing order. But I want I wanted to know, and so I did a deep dive. How do the last six weeks of Kirk's performance? compared to some of the other good stretches in his career? Are we witnessing, essentially, the best stretch of quarterback play from Kirk Cousins in his six-year career as a starter? Mm -hmm. And I have found, for you gentlemen, four different great regular season stretches of play for Kirk that I I have come up with names for each of these, okay? And I want to take you through a tour here, and you can tell me which ones, like, how would you rank these four? Yep. All right? Yep. Let's start with the last six weeks, which I'm going to coin the Mr. Game-Winning Drive stretch. He's got back-to-back game-winning drives. He now has three on the season, and that's three times as many as the first two years as Viking starter. So the last six weeks out of the bye, 70% completions, 270 yards per game, 
15 touchdowns, just two interceptions, and one of them for sure wasn't his fault. It was Adam Thielen's fault. And some people might say that the one to Dalvin was not his fault because Dalvin should have turned around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We could split hairs on that one. Miscommunication. A 118.6 passer rating over those six weeks and eight and a half yards per attempt. The Vikings are 5-1 and one over this stretch. They're yep. back in playoff position. So this stretch of play, along with Dalvin and the defense has been better, um, this stretch of play has brought the Vikings from maybe picking like third in the draft to now jockeying for playoff position, right? All right, I'm going to give you the other three here. You chime in as you need here, and then we can rank them at the end. There was a seven-game stretch in the middle of last year that I'm going to coin the Make Stefan Diggs Happy stretch starts after with, the Chicago game. Starts with the Giants game. Yep. At the, uh, yep. The Giants game, and then it, it went all, there was a Dallas Sunday night game that yep. was at the end of the stretch. Yep, Dalvin. So seven games, 73% completions, 290 yards per game, 18 touchdowns, one interception over this stretch. It's like a half-season stretch here. Mm-hmm. A 126.5 passer rating, nine yards per attempt, and the Vikings were 6-1 and one over that stretch that calmed the waters after Stefan Diggs basically quit the team for two days. He, he got fined like $200,000 for skipping practice. Offensive player in the month in October, correct? Yeah. Kirk or Diggs? Kirk was. Kirk was, yeah. Kirk was, yeah. And I think this stretch also included the 20-point comeback in the second half against Denver, if I'm not mistaken. And Diggs went bonkers in the second half there. Yep. All right. Makes Stefan Diggs happy. Now we go to a couple Washington stretches that that are in the conversation here. The you like that stretch with Washington in 2015, his first year as starting quarterback, a 10-game stretch to end the year. Washington went 7-3 and three over this stretch to dig out of a 2-4 and four start, 72% completions, 275 yards per game, 23 touchdowns, just three interceptions, and a 119 passer rating with nine yards per attempt over a 10-game stretch, and he's most famous for looking the uh, front office members in the eye in the hallway going back to the locker room after the Tampa win saying, you like that, you like that. That was the first game of that 10-game stretch, and he was mostly lights out the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fourth one, which is the pay-me-my-damn-money Dan Snyder stretch in 2016 with Washington, the next year. So he's fighting for contracts at this point. It was a five-game stretch in which he averaged... 370 yards per game and a 114 passer rating. The team only went 2-2-1 over that stretch, including a win over the Vikings, by the way. But uh, but but personally, Kirk Cousins put up ridiculous numbers, maybe some garbage time in there. So those are the four best regular season stretches of his career. And we're talking like, you know, five to ten game chunks where he looks like a top five quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So where would you sort of, as you, as you hear those, where would you put the Mr. Game-winning drive 2020 stretch compared to the other ones? I would probably, well, I I don't know about the ones in Washington for sure because I didn't watch enough of those games at the time to rank them. But I would say, I would say that the, the current stretch that we're in is not complete yet. That's the problem. Like, it's impressive, and, and but you came back. You also came back and beat Carolina and Jacksonville, which in itself, when I name the teams, is not impressive. But for Kirk to do it, it's so unusual. It is. Uh, but I guess I'm going to uh, defer ranking these or the current one until I see what takes place on Sunday and on Christmas Day against the Saints. Uh, because 
in every one of the two that we're t- talking about in uh, the Vikings cases, we are talking about a guy whose back was up against the wall. And I find the start of this stretch, which comes coming out of the bye after the one and five start against Green Bay, to be a really interesting discussion point because it's more mental to me than physical in the sense that they basically bought got Kirk to buy into you aren't that important until you are. And somehow that stress coming off Kirk helped Kirk, but I'm going to uh, delay giving a grade or a rank to this stretch until I see the Tampa Bay game, because that's the game to me against a team that can stop the run that, um, that Cook goes into the game 1000% beat up. And that a lot of this is probably going to be on Kirk on the road against a pretty good team. What do you do now? So I can't rank it yet. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. And and I would I would say too, just to double down on what you just said. Listen, like he doesn't have to apologize for these great stretches. He doesn't have to apologize for the last six games. Maybe coming against some weaker competition, especially the the Jaguars and the Panthers. Uh, he d- certainly doesn't have to give back any of these stats. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think what people are still waiting to see from him, including us, even though I am the number two Creed fan and I am a, I'm all aboard the you should sing secondary in Creed Slayer style train okay? during this entire show. Maybe before yeah, the show's see. over. Maybe before the show's over. Is he needs to to get to that next step? These games against Tom Brady, if Drew Brees is back in a couple of weeks, or if they get to the playoffs and it's like the, and the NFC playoffs are just filled with Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers, right? Can he go toe-to-toe in these big games December, January, and win multiple games? Mm-hmm. And maybe even when think because people are going to say, well, what about the defense? What about the offensive line? Like, yeah, you could literally play that game with any team in the NFL right now, maybe not name the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs have some issues with their defense can get a little leaky sometimes too, and their offense can be a little bit sporadic, but they're like the closest thing to a perfect team. You look up and down the NFC, every team has some sort of a fatal flaw. Seattle, their defense was historically bad for a while, and they can't pass protect worth a lick, even though they have a mobile quarterback, right? Um, the New Orleans Saints, really it's kind of a dink and dunk offense that doesn't push the ball down the field, and uh, they're probably the closest thing to a complete team if Drew Brees is back, but even Drew Brees is immobile, he's 40, he's been banged up, so there's a fatal flaw in there somewhere. Every team has some sort of a fatal flaw, and it's going to come down to which quarterbacks can overcome their team's fatal flaws, yep. lift and elevate late game fourth quarter. And and Kirk has shown a couple times in this stretch, and I would even put the first part of the fourth quarter against Dallas, like he has been able to sort of put aside some of these flaws. And the word of the season for us on these Wednesday episodes has been overcome. You're getting paid to overcome. You're talented arm-wise enough to overcome. Stuart Smalley. And so, Darn and, it, you're good enough. Yeah, and people like you. And, and, and actually, that might not be true. And we need to hold this position and we need to hold this person, Kirk Cousins in particular, to a higher standard if Super Bowl is the goal. And so mm-hmm. I think praising this last six-game stretch is is definitely warranted. Uh, but to then say, do it against the Bucks, do it against the Saints, do it in the playoffs, and keep checking things off that list. Like it's okay to hold him to that standard. Put in its simplest form to me, I need Kirk to thrive when things are going well. Because Kirk Kirk is great when when his back is up against the wall and it's like, oh boy, you are in trouble. The pressure's kind of off. And yeah, and the pressure uh, goes sort of off and yeah. then and then he's like, I, I'm defiant now. 
I need Kirk to be defiant when things are going well. And I really do think, the, the more that we discuss this, I really do think that the issues that bog down Kirk Cousins as a quarterback are far more mental than physical. I really believe that. I think that it is in his head, if things are going well, I don't know what exactly f- falls apart. Um, and I really think that the one game that Kirk has played as a member of the Vikings that serves as the repeat that game, the Saints game, the Saints playoff game, because that was impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the team played well, but that was, but there is no d- denying that when there was pressure on, Kirk completed a pass that was an absolutely or two uh, key passes where at times Kirk fails. And so I just keep going back to, all right, so the team is on a roll now. It's playing well now. Things are absolutely fine at, at this point. So prove it now. Yeah, and I think that where, where I do potentially see some signs of next-level improvement, by and large this season, he's been really good in the fourth quarter, and there hasn't been a ton of garbage time. You know, it's not like, even in some of their losses, it's back-and-forth games against Tennessee or Seattle uh, there's a little bit of garbage time early in the year in those in those first two losses, but it's yeah. it's not like he's just racking up ridiculous yards because they're down by three touchdowns. That has been the case at other points in his career, namely with Washington. But he has put up very good numbers, if not incredible numbers, in the fourth quarter this season, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's definitely something to to praise him for. So, is it possible that he has slowed some of those things down? that were uh, a lot quicker in his mind in 2015, 16, 17, 18, and he is able to maybe take a deep breath in some of those spots. Uh, I, I, th- I think evidence is showing that he's getting better in some of those spots, but the real test is not Jacksonville. The real test is not Carolina. The test is no. teams that you're going to have to face on your way to a Super Bowl. Absolutely. If we all want Super Bowl to be the end goal here. Yep. Um, let me ask you this question, too. Where are you, speaking of Super Bowl, now that you've seen these last six games, where are you on the Kirk can carry the Vikings to a Super Bowl spectrum? Like one being, oh my God, dude. Like Christian Ponder is a one where you just like, literally anybody else back there, Joe Webb would give you more hope. Or Spurgeon win on that list. All right, Spurgeon wins a one, Christian Ponder's a two, and a 10 is Tom Brady. I was going to say even Joe Flacco. Would Joe Flacco 2012 be the 10? Because like that is what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, can he be the num- Can he be this guy who basically gets insanely hot and, and runs four wins off a row and plays out of his mind? I like that skill better because it, like, if Tom Brady's the ten, it's like it's, well, it's, I mean, like, Tom Brady's a fifteen probably. Yeah, so, on a scale so of one to ten. That's a great way to put it, Dex. So Eli Manning, 2007, 11 is a ten. Joe Flacco, 2012 is a ten. Where it's a non-elite quarterback that can give you stretches, and you're hoping that one of those stretches lines up. And and also those guys like Eli and Flacco, they needed things around them to be maybe not perfect, but they needed a pass rush. They needed a defense to not be leaky. They needed the offense to protect them because they're not mobile. So like very similar. Let's yeah, let's use what Dex said. A Flacco 2012 right. run being the ten. My confidence uh, on a scale of one to ten then in Kirk Cousins doing that is a four because it's mental. Because I don't know that I can get him through. Um. A playoff run with with things. If if Kirk starts to roll, I feel like Kirk's going to actually, and th- this is going to sound weird. If Kirk starts to roll in the playoffs, that he's going to start to come apart. 
instead of thrive. Mm-hmm. I, I just I really think that that there is a really interesting, intriguing uh, mental assessment to do on him because I think that he physically is gifted with the attributes to do the things that we're talking about. He's got the arm strength. Mm-hmm. He's got the accuracy. Uh, he doesn't really have the feet, but I mean, he can get by. But all of that being said, I feel like it's a four because I've never seen him get in a stretch where things are going well, where he can do what you're talking about, which which is sort of just get in that zone and stay there despite the, despite the fact that there's no adversity. It's almost like the adversity helps him thrive. And if you're going through a playoff run, it's probably not there in the context that Kirk likes it there. So I think... I will say unequivocally, I think Kirk Cousins has more arm talent and maybe just like more overall talent than both Joe Flacco and Eli Manning, and those guys won Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so what are the things that those guys had either themselves or around them? And you know, the this is where like the the 2007 2011 Giants comparisons. If Daniil Hunter was healthy and you and you had that Michael Strahan guy that they had in 2007, they also had a great pass rush in 11 um, when they faced the Patriots again. Then it would be more of an apples to apples. You need to say, wait a second. If if twenty interception, Eli Man, like Eli Manning in two thousand seven, led the league in picks, and then just went into the postseason, and they were going to bench him again. And the Vikings beat the crap out of that team in the two thousand seven regular season, Remember, right? Yeah. And, and then and then the year before he won the Super Bowl in two thousand eleven, he led the league in picks again with twenty five in two thousand ten. <laughs> he was not that great. He racked up yardage. And he showed you stretches, mm-hmm. but Eli always had defenses with a pass rush. He had some weapons around him, but I think Kirk is more talented. I think Kirk has better offensive skill position player weapons around him now than Eli had in New York. That defense better than this defense. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco also had a great defense in Baltimore when they won the Super Bowl in 2012, but he wasn't very accurate. He wasn't dynamic. Like in the playoffs, though, he would throw the ball down the field and they would make plays that they maybe wouldn't he got make in the regular season. Insanely hot. Yep. So I think I'm at like a six with Kirk. Six and a half, somewhere in there. If they beat the Buccaneers and he plays well, or they beat the Saints and he plays well, yep. I'm going up to like a seven and a half. Because then he would start to show, okay, like these are the types of teams, not just once, but to do it two, three, four times in a row. And and you don't get the luxury of the Jaguars and the Panthers being one of those teams. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Dex, where are you at on that one? Yeah, if, if one's a ponder and ten's an Eli Manning, um, I, I would say that he's probably in the five five category. And five would be Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, just for recency bias, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo did it last year with a very solid, more than solid infrastructure around him. Much uh, better defense and pass rush. Much than the better defense. I think also a more forward-thinking head coach. For God's sakes, Nick Mullins. It has thrown for like 3,200 yards in his first 13 starts. Only two quarterbacks have done that. Nick Mullins. He's hard to watch, God? though. My, my God, how does that happen? Um, so I, I think it's more of a five. I Can I see it? I see it more. It's more likely that Kirk gets hot and carries them than the defense fixes things and turns things 100%. around. Yeah, that's that's this year's formula. Like, if the, however far they're going to go... It's not going to be that the defense wakes up and becomes the 2017 Vikings defense. Oh, they're already. That's not going to happen. It, they are They are as uh, stressed as they can possibly be. Like, they're actually, the, the fact that they've accomplished what they have defensively uh, post-bye week is incredible. Because, I mean, they don't have the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm telling you, the thing, the, the, the cousins factor to me is between the ears and what's there. 
and how he's feeling and how he's thinking. And that's the thing that's so difficult to judge. That's what makes it so tough is that it's not like, well, his arm's not that good and he shouldn't be doing this. So just don't. Yeah. It's literally, how are you feeling this week about yourself? And like Eli always seemed, he's, he just always seemed like such a space cadet. Like there was, <laughs> whenever you look at, when you look at Kirk on the sidelines or after a, a play goes wrong or something, he looks tense. Like he's, like he's, he's, his brain's going a million miles a minute because he's thinking he looks about constipated. it. constipated. Right? Yes, you're right. He looks like he's constipated. Yeah, that's exactly right. He, he's an overthinker. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. And, but and, that's a problem in sports. And Eli and the interception totals would bear this out too. Eli seems like just, a, like it's just like an empty canister up there and you can hear <laughs> rattling. Oh, well, he's, he's got like Eli face all the time and. All right, I guess I threw 20 picks, but the playoffs are starting. Well, his dad would throw 40 picks, right? So, I mean, yeah, it was just different. But I I think the most difficult thing about trying to judge Kirk Cousins is the fact that you don't know what's going on mentally, and that's where it gets difficult. Um, But but as, as Cook continues to get used a ton and clearly starts to wear down, I am curious how much more of the burden Kirk can take back on because he does have the receiving core to make him look good. Mm-hmm. Like it's there, Thielen is there, Jefferson is there, right? So like he's got he's got the guys. Um, and then can the head coach can he adjust at all? I mean, there's just a lot of there, there's a, a lot of moving parts here that we don't know because it's decisions and it's mental. Back to Purple Daily in just a moment. If you're a business owner in the state of Minnesota and you haven't studied what you can benefit from with Federated Insurance, I recommend you go to federatedinsurance.com and find out about the all-new MyShield, a personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. MyShield is available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, a tablet, a smartphone, or the MyShield app. And MyShield's customizable dashboard organizes resources specific to your business. Go to federatedinsurance.com, click on Meet MyShield, and remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Well, another thing to note here, and I don't know how this is going to factor in, but Gary Kubiak has Super Bowl cred multiple times over. And so if it comes down to you know, what's the best way to get people as close to the right mindset as they're capable of being as individuals and scheming in the right way and like, here are your chess pieces going into the playoffs or going into the in this case the 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 stretch to get to the playoffs sure i trust gary kubiak as a chess player offensively pretty highly even in today's nfl can i tell you what i don't trust hmm. so here's my problem because i think that what you're saying is correct but here's here's the fly in the ointment that scares me as far as crucial games go all right so you got the ball late. It's overtime. You're driving to basically kick a field goal. And you, somebody, and I don't think it's Coobs, says, I hate kickers. I don't trust them. <laughs> let's let's run eight consecutive plays with Cook, right? Okay. I get it, but you're tempting fate. Cook fumbles. Um, if aren't you, you put temp- the ball back, tempting in fate by hit- attempting a field goal too, as a Vikings team in the playoffs. Well, aren't you tempting fate either way? You you are, but I'm saying systematically, you should be thinking to yourself, let's get in field goal position and just kick the damn thing. You're saying Mike Zimmer's hatred of kickers could I'm, sabotage them in a big game. I'm saying that Cousins is playing well and Dalvin Cook is really good. 
But if you get to a playoff game and you're driving down the field late in the fourth quarter and you don't trust your your veteran kicker, who for the most part up until the game against the Jags had been damn good, mm-hmm. and now you're running, 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 and let's say you mix in a pass. I'm saying you're inviting bad things to possibly happen <laughs> where the obvious choice existed. Right. And these are all sort of Vikings things that I think Vikings fans need to think about. I want to know one more thing on this scale, this this Joe Flacco, Eli Manning scale, which <laughs> I love Declan. I want to know one more thing on that before we get to our pigskin pecking order. And it's that going into the 2012 season for the Ravens and going into the 2007 season for the Giants, if you would have rolled out that same scale with whoever the replacement, you know, re- replace Eli's name with Trent Dilfer or something or, mm-hmm. you know, or Brad Johnson, other guy, mediocre guys who had won Super yeah. Bowls. <laughs> poor, poor Brad. Nobody going into those playoffs, 07 and 2012, would have put Eli or Flacco at a 9 or a 10. No, Especially no. Eli. Nobody would have. Right. Just like nobody's putting Kirk at that 8, 9, or 10 either. And I'm not, and you're not, none of yeah. us are. I'm not, I'm not saying that. No. I'm saying sometimes it happens very quickly, and a guy has to, and a guy proves himself sort of overnight in that way, and that's going to have to be Kirk over the next eight weeks yeah. to, to get there and then to move forward in those plays. I'd even say that Flacco, it, it, probably, it was more likely that people probably said, you know what, Flacco could probably do it because the recency of Eli doing it. Also, Flacco had had a history of playing pretty well in a small sample size in the playoffs already. But if you're looking at the 07 version, no one in their right mind thought Eli Manning would go into Lambeau and, and beat one of the better Brett Favre Packer teams either. So if Kirk can do it, He's going to have to carry them. And an undefeated Patriots team, and too. And an undefeated Patriots team. Run the table, then. Run it. Like, I, I, don't be- I will not believe one bit unless you win these next four games. Yeah. I won't believe one bit. And, and if, you come out, if you come out on Sunday and don't play well, you deserve to get crucified. You deserve to get crucified for that. Because, look, you barely got past Jacksonville. You barely got past Carolina. You lost to Dallas. And now you sort of got us being like, okay, 6-6. Six and six. We're believing a little bit, right? You, Tampa Bay is not good enough where there is any excuse for you not to come out and be extremely competitive. And I think at least press to win that game. If yeah. you don't play well, I'm going to be so down on this team. And I can hear people screaming at their phone, however you're listening or watching, their phones, you know, YouTube, whatever, saying, well, you guys, you guys, why are you putting so much emphasis on one position? There's, there's 53 guys on a roster, and there's a defense, and there's, you know, there's an offensive line. Like, yes, absolutely. Totally agree. Those things have to be better, and those things you know, have to contribute to a win. But the position and the person that by far contributes the most to wins and losses is Kirk Cousins. And it's no coincidence, even with all these other factors, defense playing better offenses, Kirk Cousins played one of his worst stretches of NFL football before the bye. And now he's playing one of his best stretches of football after the bye. And the team record has also reflected that. Yeah, He's the straw that stirs the drink. He drives results more than any other player or position group on this roster. Do you guys think it's fair to say that post bye week, what we've seen needs to be Kirk every week, basically? Because yes. I think that's incredibly fair. It's not even that much of an ask. Like you, no, it's not. You, like to to do what he did in the first handful of games. Like that's that's why we were so hard on him and this team. And, and it's and, not and excusable. Doing mock drafts every week. It's like, dude, like you you can do that if you get paid five million in a salary cap league. Yeah. Not when you're taking up. 10 to 20% of the cap, depending on where his cap I mean, number's been the last couple of years. 
what Kirk has done, starting with the Packers game in Green Bay, needs to be the Kirk that we see almost every single game. Mm-hmm. Should we rank some football teams, boys? Let's do it. Pigskin pecking order presented by Corona Hard Seltzer. Spiked sparkling water and our celebratory drink when the Vikings have won five of their last six. And it's yes. our coping drink when they lose to teams like Dallas. A hard copy notes from Zolgad. Can hear him. Judd Zolgad. I've got my whole folder, my manila folder to, of the keys and the pecking order. Pecking order. No, I get different. No, keys go. Different files. I toss those n- notes out, but every week. I keep my pigskin pecking order. Who are your top 10 teams? Uh, starting at number 10, holding firm after they beat the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, 8-4. and four. Number 9, dropping three spots because they lost to the Giants and what, Colt yeah. McCoy at home? I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, 8-4, and four, fall from 6-9. to nine. Number 8, um, dropping three spots as well after they got lambasted by the Cleveland Browns. 41-35, they uh, rallied to come back a little bit, but it was still ugly. The Tennessee Titans dropped from 5-8. to eight. They are 8-4 and four as well. The Cleveland Browns move up to Hey-o. 7. Wow, dude. Because I wanted to leave Cleveland behind the Titans, but I can't, can't right now. I don't feel I can. Baker Mayfield and company move from 9-7, to seven, so they're up two spots. And um, going, to, going from 8-6 to six after beating the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams at eight and four. Number five, they've been ranked high. They've been ranked low. They've been unranked. The Green Bay Packers, nine and three. They beat uh, the Eagles. Got Carson Wentz benched on Sunday, so they go. <laughs> they go from number seven to number five, uh, in large part because this league is just so damn weird. Number four, dropping two spots because they lost to Washington, but they're really just not that good. Like I watch this team play, and I'm like. 11 and 1, really? It is super weird that they're 11 and 1. They're just not that good. Like, they're good. They're just not that good. So, going from 2 to 4, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, going up one spot to number 3, the Buffalo Bills, who um, went on the road to Arizona where they had lost on the Hail Mary by Kyler Murray, but they had to play a road game in Arizona against San Francisco on Monday night. Follow all that? The Buffalo Bills. Number 2, they continue to win. And I think Drew Brees is getting close to coming back, but Taysom Hill threw a couple touchdown passes. First time since college, I think he's thrown a touchdown pass. The New Orleans Saints at 10-2 and two move up one spot. And then the team that I'm pretty convinced will hold firm at one for the entire season in my pecking order, the Kansas City Chiefs after they beat the Broncos 11-1. and one. So I go Chiefs, Saints, Bills, Steelers, and Packers, my top five, uh, six through ten, Rams, Browns, Titans, Seahawks, Colts. All right. Football. Like we're going here. Okay, so there's so many teams that I want to put in the 10. Yeah, I think it's so interchangeable. The, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, but everything between like 2 and 14 <laughs> kind of feels like a, lot. A, su- a super fun bag of playoff teams. Yeah. Sometimes wild card weekend can be, all right, It's just, it's like, you know, it was like Case Keenum's uh, Texans from five years ago, <laughs> you know. It's just a bunch of meh teams. I feel like Wild Card Weekend, it's going to include Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and all these awesome, fun-to-watch quarterbacks. So I've got the Titans out. I want to put the Dolphins in because they, yeah, Tua is pretty efficient and fun to watch, and they, they, they don't give up points. But I've got the Vikings at 10 still. I'm sticking with it. The Vikings have played incredible football for the most part the last six weeks outside of a couple meltdowns in the fourth quarter against Dallas. 
So I got the Vikings 10. They'll have to prove it even further this weekend against uh, the Buccaneers. I still have the Buccaneers ninth coming out of their bye. Higher in the Bucs than I am. I dropped them out. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't fight you on that either. Like, if you told yeah. me, no, the Dolphins are better, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Mixed bag. And the Seahawks, too. I contemplated dropping them out, but I just feel like the Seahawks are going through a bit of a rough stretch, and overall, they're going to be one of those teams that's fighting uh, to be part of championship weekend. I've got the Browns from out to seven. What they did to the Titans was pretty incredible, and to score 38 points in the first half, Baker Mayfield played his best game as a pro, and this is more just a nod to how great Kevin Stefanski has been as a first-year head coach. So I don't love the Browns overall because I don't love Baker. And their defense did get completely shellacked in the second half, and they almost like they almost gave it all back. But I got the Browns 7. I've moved the Steelers down to 6. And maybe this is just I can't get the taste of how crappy they looked against Washington and how great some of these other teams looked. But I've got the Steelers down to 6. I they, feel you. They're relying so much on a 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, and it just they can't it's run. painful for them to move the ball. They can't run the football. Yeah, and they've got some tough games coming up in December, so I've got them down to six. I've got the Bills at five, and part of my logic here is I know that the Steelers have a better record than the Bills, but if the Bills and the Steelers played each other this week, who would you like in that game? And I think we'd all say the Bills, right? Packers number four. I've got the Rams third. They've got one of the best defenses in the league. They've got great play calling, and when Jared Goff is on, they can beat anyone in the league, and it just depends on that, is he having the, his one bad game of, of the month, yep. you know? so <laughs> That's the important, yes. The, the Rams could easily be seventh on my list, and the Bills could be third, but I've got them third because I just like them. And I've got the Saints number two. When, when you're rolling like this with a backup quarterback, a gimmick backup quarterback, yeah. that's pretty impressive. So Saints number two and Chiefs number one. So Chiefs, Saints, Rams, Packers, Bills, Steelers, Browns, Seahawks, Bucks. Vikings. All right. My 10, I'm giving it to Seattle. Uh, they have fallen quite a bit in the last few weeks uh, from where I think I had them. I think I had them in my top three just about two or three weeks ago. But that team is pretty vulnerable without Russell Wilson. And if you lose to Colt McCoy, you uh, deserve to fall in the rankings. I'm sorry, Seattle, but you are 10. The Ravens, speaking of team that has fallen from grace after the midseason. I mean, my gosh, we thought this was probably going to be one of the teams that could challenge the Chiefs in the AFC. And they look very pedestrian. Now they had a Good win last night. It, Lamar Jackson looked like he was back. They're still a good team. I think they can rise up. But Dallas is awful. I think they're they were a little bit more fraudulent. And Dallas is horrible. How did Dallas win here? I don't know. I don't know. It's a demerit. It is. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are number eight, and I think I had them in the top five for the better part of all season. I still think they're a very well coached team. I think they can also give any team the AFC a run for their money. But they did lose this week to the Cleveland Browns, so they go to eight. I have the Rams at seven. As you guys said, it's all up to Jared Goff. Um, as, as a fellow Goff, I know if my game is on, then everyone else is going to benefit from it. And if my game is off, then you guys are going to suffer. So I know what that means, Jared Goff. The Rams are seven. Uh, Cleveland Browns, six. Baker Mayfield, yes, I, I'm, I'm with Phil. I don't like his demeanor. I think he's very flawed. But you know what? When you really look at the Browns and the Vikings, it's almost pretty similar. You have very good offensive personnel. You have a defense that's essentially a sieve. It's kind of... I never really made the comparison until I started thinking about it this morning that there's actually a lot of similarities there. The Browns are off to a better start, obviously, uh, but they're number six for me right now. I have the Green Bay Packers at number five. Um, yes, they've kind of floated all around, but they're still their record indicates they've been a very good team. Aaron Rodgers is playing with his hair on fire. 
I have the Buffalo Bills, number four. I think they're one of the most fun teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephon Diggs is balling out. I love that. I hate that the Vikings fans are still selling him out as a crybaby. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Josh Allen and, is and my God, just good. Who the, who the hell thought this? I mean, we no. all thought no one saw this coming. Also, was it? I think it was. Was it no. Kirk this week was quoted as as he was praising Justin Jefferson and saying just how great he is, and he just doesn't really, you know. He doesn't like whine and complain. He made some reference to like, yeah, he's just great behind the scenes and he doesn't, you know, complain about things. It was definitely an indirect reference. Give him to time. Diggs. Give give him time. It, it'll change. Justin will be like, why are you running the football so much? Yeah, I agree. My number three team. I still have the Pittsburgh Steelers number three, and I know you guys just literally crapped on the Steelers in those last ten I just minutes. Don't impress me. Yeah. I have to give credit to a team that is eleven and one, the number one defense, the number seven offense. Ben Roethlisberger, who is still playing very good, twenty-seven touchdowns to seven interceptions, yards per attempt are a little bit down, but this Steelers team has taken care of every uh, business against every bad team. And when you're playing on five days rest, they're going to play three games. In the course of nine days. And in football, preparation means everything. I do think there is something to that. So I I have to still give them credit. I still think they're the second best team in the AFC. And it's going to be probably a Chiefs-Steelers AFC championship game. Mm. I'd prefer to see Chiefs-Bills. I will say that. I think the Steelers Steelers get upset. I agree. I think the Steelers, they can't run. Like, they can't. They won't. They gave up on the run. So I I still think Steelers are legit. Chiefs-Bills in a shootout would be so much fun. So much fun. I agree. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. The uh, New Orleans Saints at number two. As When you have a gimmick quarterback and you're still playing that well, yes, it's very impressive. I still think poor Jameis Winston deserves a shot. But you know what? Sean Payton is uh, cooking up some stew there with uh, Taysom Hill. So, you know what? Good job. And the Kansas City Chiefs are your new number one team after the Steelers fall. Hey, Declan came around to the Chiefs. So, my 10 through 1 Way is... Way to go. We've he, landed on the moon. Yeah. yeah. Seahawks, Ravens, Titans, Rams, Browns, Packers, Bills, Steelers, Saints, Kansas City Chiefs as your number one team. There it is. All right, that's the pigskin packing order presented by Corona Hard Seltzer here on Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd, Declan. Welcome to the club, Dex. I've always liked the Chiefs. It's been a power rankings. Your love for the Steelers is out of control. It's not even giving love. It's giving love to the undefeated team. That's what a power ranking is about. Declan came in this morning before we turned on the mics, and he's like, guys, have you seen the Chiefs? They're, like, really good. I got this thing last night. It's called TV. Uh, It's unbelievable. I I turn it on. I turn it on. (laughs) Like, I can watch four channels. These glasses, he's like, who's this? Tarek Hill guy. Mahams? This is unbe- this team in red's unbelievable. Mahams? I could never see their colors before. They're really good. Coach, coach is sort of coach is sort of fat. Yeah, who's that yeah. walrus looking guy yeah. with the face shield? Guy calls really good plays. All right, that's a wrap on Purple Daily today. Purple Positivity episode tomorrow, and don't forget Vikings Vent Line every single Sunday or whenever they play the. Um, well, they play the the Saints on Christmas Friday. We're still trying to figure out what to do there. And if you guys want to see us babble in, like, Christmas garb. But uh, Vikings Vent Line, the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. And we appreciate you subscribing to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. See you. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.